Hello and welcome to another episode of Bigfoots of America podcast. Today we sit down with Giles Lefebvre and we talk about Giles' encounters and Sasquatch sighting in the state of Michigan. Then we go into an in-depth conversation about the generalities of Bigfoot sightings and Bigfoot eyewitnesses and the different belief systems that people have. So stay tuned for more of Bigfoots of America. episode of Bigfoots of America. Today we have Giles Lefebvre with us. Uh, Giles was one of our eyewitnesses in our video episode series on YouTube. So uh, we got him into the camper to do a podcast episode now. So uh, hey Giles. Hey, good to be here Brian. Yeah man, yeah. Um, earlier today we went out to an undisclosed location where we know that there is a family, a tribe, a clan of Sasquatch. Um, I've been wanting to take you out there for a while so you could see because that location connects the dots to some of your locations mm -hmm. um, where you've had your encounters and your sighting. So first of all, for the folks at home, let's talk about how you got started, what your encounters were, what your sighting was. So yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, first of all, thanks for having me here, and thanks for taking me along with you. Uh, it's uh, definitely an interesting area. Yeah. Um, I first got interested in it uh, through my uh, school's library, actually. I'm sure I'd seen something on TV like, like everyone else has. It's sure. pop culture. Um, but to seriously take an interest, it was in a, uh, one book. <clears throat> I wish I could remember the, the name of the book, but I remember on the front of it was the iconic Patty uh, image of uh -huh. the Patterson and Gimlin uh, footage, just a, a still shot of it, and <clears throat> I read that, or I, I had taken that book out, oh gosh, for months. I'd take it out, you know, check it out, and then I'd bring it back, and then I'd inevitably check it out again, and it got me interested in the aliens and other things that might be a possibility. Mm -hmm. I was never, it was never something I ever thought was um, right in our backyard, or even in Michigan, or remotely in the Midwest. Um, I remember that as a kid thinking like, oh, if I ever had a million dollars, I'd fund an expedition in, out in, you know, Washington or Oregon right, or right. somewhere where it's supposed to be. Um, later did I find out that it's definitely prevalent in Michigan. But uh, moving forward, I I had my encounter, which I'll, I'll speak of later, uh, my first encounter, and I didn't think it was had anything to do with Bigfoot or anything. It was just a really odd series of repetitive noises that I heard throughout okay. one night and uh then I had something else happen and I had stumbled upon a YouTube channel and it's a man who reads stories of just anonymous people encounters odd things happening in the woods and one of the his encounters that were shared 
was it might as well have been me writing in my story to him and it being read back to me. It wow. was almost exactly my encounter, just a different person, a different time, a different place. But okay. the exact same set of um, odd happenings happened to me. And it just, all the hair on the back of my neck stood up and I thought, oh, I'm not alone and I'm not crazy. Wow. You know, um, and then it just kind of, I just kept listening to people and wanting to hear encounters and firsthand knowledge. Um, I never wanted to have a lot more experiences or anything, but I would have one more after that. Um, the most my most definitive sighting, uh, my, the proof to myself. Right. And that's kind of how it, it started. Just that I clicked on that one YouTube, uh, uh, link and it just, everything clicked and I'm like, wow, um, this is no, I'm not alone. I didn't immediately jump to think it was Sasquatch, you know, because I, I had no proof in my mind at that point. It was just a really odd set of circumstances and things that were happening that were happening to other people across not only America and Canada, but the world. Okay. Um, and that's really what, what started snowballing my, my, not my want, need for knowledge, you know? Sure. Um, but, but yeah, um, I guess I can jump into, well, I guess what happened to me. Yeah. And, and, uh, so anyone who doesn't know, you can, uh, you can bear along with everyone else and listen to me mumble and stumble. Um, <laughs> I was probably 22 years old. It was roughly 2009. One of the first weekends in August, um, I had gotten a call. It was like, uh, actually it was on a Wednesday, a matter of fact, the night we went up there. So it would have been, um, that Friday or Saturday night this happened. Well, my friend had called me and he said, do you want to go up with me and my, my, his then newly wed wife to this, uh, this camping spot that only a few people around our area really knew about. Okay. It was kind of, uh, when I was a kid, we went camping there with just one other family and they'd never, you'd never see anyone else. It's just like a 20 minute drive minimum. Okay. Back then it was probably 45 minutes and you, you had to have a four wheel drive truck to even get back there. And then it was kind of hid, hidden away. Anyway, I digress. Um, so we, we met up, went up there, had a good time. The weather was fine. Nothing out of the ordinary. Um, <clears throat> and I will say the whole weekend, we only saw one other person okay. and it was a, it was a, a gentleman on horseback who was, I think he was checking the power lines. He worked for the power company. Okay. So he was working the power line cuts to make sure there's probably no, right. no damage or anything. Well, other than that, there's a, there's a cabin a long ways away. I mean, on the other side of uh, the lake we were on and then another one. Um, and other than that, there's really no other civilization anywhere close. Okay. So <clears throat> it was the second, I believe it was the second night. Um, I was laying on my, my air mattress right next to the entrance of the door. Uh, or sorry, it wasn't an air mattress. <laughs> I was the lucky guy who just brought my sleeping bag. And they were on a, one of those with the big air mattresses just came out or were more popular. Right, right. So they're real comfortable. And uh, and I'm just laying there. And I must say that I only sleep well for the first couple hours of the night. Okay. And then after that, I wake up like uh, at minimum a couple times an hour. Like okay. just tossing and turning. When I wake up, I'm wide awake. So it was about 3.40 in the morning. And the only reason why I know this is because... I woke up to this sound and I immediately thought before I even opened my eyes, I knew what I was hearing. Okay. And it was somebody driving in what I th imagined was just a, a way oversized, like tent spike, almost like a railroad spike. It sounded like somebody was just pounding one in like 10 feet away. 
And I was just immediately angry. Like, who is pounding a stake in and, and setting up tent in the middle of the night next to our, per, you know, semi-pretty private camping area, right. which it's not in a campground, it's just on state land. Um, it's just real, you know, not cool move. Yeah, so why would I, do that? I woke up very angry, and I sat up and grabbed my phone and looked at it, and it was read 340, 344, something like that, my old Nokia brick phone. And the more I started listening to it, I'm like, well, that's not a tent stake being pounded. What is that? And I'm like, well, it's a little farther away. And there's oil, um, uh, I'm sorry, natural gas uh, wells here okay. and there. And the, I think the closest one is like six, 700 yards away. So it's a long ways away. Okay. And there's a little access road for it. Well, anyway, I thought maybe they're working on those. And, and then it just didn't sound right. It wasn't like metal like a metal hammer hitting something and it finally clicked about 30 seconds later as i'm s sitting up and it reminded me exactly the image that came in my mind was i do uh construction work uh, i have on and off since i was like 18 years old okay and I'll, like when you're dumping rubble like concrete and stones into a dump truck and it hits another big stone it uh -huh. makes a really distinct clack okay. noise and that's exactly what I was hearing. And it sounded like it was, uh, like somebody was holding a stone in each hand that had to have been like twice the size of a softball maybe or more, wow. like and just hitting them together. Okay. And what was really unsettling was it was very rhythmic. I mean, it was like smash, 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 very smash, purpose. smash. And it, w and it was almost like after I figured out what that was, I immediately was just frozen stiff. I don't know if it's because my brain realized that this isn't natural and even if it's a person doing that that's very odd behavior mm -hmm. you know before I my mind really caught up my subconscious was already freaked out yeah and I was just I mean stiff as a board just like almost petrified okay. for I don't know why that's a that's not a normal response for me I'm not saying I'm the toughest guy in the world or not scared of anything because I definitely am yeah but it was an odd response for me and the the banging just intensified in both the 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 oh, I'm sorry it intensi intensified in both um tempo and the it was just louder okay. it, it just started it started getting like where it was like bang 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 wow. bang and then it slowed down a little bit and until it got like calm, like like soothing almost, yeah. like to where I was like at ease, and then it would ramp back up again. And this lasted, I couldn't tell you how many minutes, but it was minimum three minutes wow. um, or more. And it, I don't ever remember it stopping. And I don't know if this was from the adrenaline dump or, or what, because I was legitimately freaked out because um, this thing sounded like it was only 30, 40 feet away from the tent, okay. just in the tree line. And I got myself to lay back down as quietly as I could, still stiff as a board, just like I had to force myself to move, like you need to lay down. Like, and there was a 22 rimfire rifle sitting next to me, like it's not gonna do much, but right. it's not like I was completely unarmed and you know, I just didn't even think to grab that or anything. It was just, this is extremely eerie. And uh, I laid back down and that's the last thing I remember. Okay. I slept from 3.40 in the morning until like 8.30 in the morning without waking up at all, which is ext extremely, extremely odd for me. Okay. And 
I never said anything to the couple that I was camping with until we started leaving and we got back onto the main road and I'd asked them, hey, on, I believe it was Saturday or Friday night or well, like the second night we were there, do you guys remember hearing that noise? And they both kind of gave me a, like a, huh, look. And I was just trying to drop it at that, you know, cause I didn't want to worry them and nothing else happened. Yeah. Uh, that's why I didn't tell them cause nothing happened, bad happened. And I didn't want to freak them out and I didn't know what it was. You know, I'm still trying, struggling, sure. trying to figure out what it was um, for those last few days we were there. And uh, they eventually pried it out of me like, well, what are you talking about? And I explained it and she immediately, uh, the female of the couple, she freaked out and she said, why wouldn't you have told us and got angry, which I don't blame her. Right. Um, but I also knew she was really apt to overreact okay. and, and I didn't understand what it was and I didn't want to freak anyone else out okay. uh, and just ruin the trip, you know, because uh, it was a good trip otherwise. Sure. Um, so that was my first experience. Um, and since then, I've realized that that particular area, which uh, I won't give the exact location because it's uh, still kind of not my secret spot. Obviously, other right. people know about it, but it's uh, in between Mayo and Atlanta. Okay. And since starting to listen to all these firsthand encounters um, or accounts, I've realized that that is one of the hot spots of the lower peninsula is uh, just north of Mayo. I don't know how many times I've heard reports of not just like BFRO because uh, that's a whole nother discussion. I won't get into the BFRO, sure, sure. but um, just in just free knowledge that people are like telling us because they want to get the truth out there. There is so many accounts, at least 20 to 30 that I can just name. Wow. Um, just in that, that area of like the Huron National Forest, not to mention the Manistee National Forest, which is right in the same hot spot area. If, yeah. yeah. Um, not to overuse that term, but, uh, I just never would have imagined how many sightings and how many people are coming forward from Michigan. And it just leads the mind to believe how many other people, especially in rural, rural communities like this that are yeah. very judgmental, you know, and I'm not saying everybody is, but there's. Quite a few people, you know. Yeah, it really, I, I mean, it really is a tough business. Yeah. Um, when I first got into it, you know, a couple of my friends were like, uh, hey, so how's the acting going? How's everything going? And I'm like, well, yeah, I started this uh, Bigfoots of Michigan show, and uh, it's going to turn into, you know, Bigfoots of America. And they're like, well, is it a comedy? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, this is this is a serious deal. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to think of the paranormal. You need to think of the cryptid stuff. And so then once I explained it to them, they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, that's there's a lot of things that are being revealed nowadays. And it, if it's because we have technology, we have more phones on hand, everything, we're just more ready to mm -hmm. film anything that might happen. But yeah. uh, with what you're saying, yeah, I have received two uh, two sightings in the Atlanta area, and mm -hmm. we're supposed to get up there and film an episode this year. Yeah. So, yeah. But go ahead. It's a, yeah, Otherwise, it's a great area. A lot yeah. of state land, a lot of, uh, like, ORV trails, a lot of two tracks, fire trails. Um, it's a really nice area. Um, but uh, I believe what I was getting at, oh, I'm sorry, no, is, uh, oh, man, I can't remember what I was getting at. Anyway, not important. Okay. <laughs> got You'll a lot remember. Of, got a lot of time. Um, so that kind of, uh, that whole experience made me, um, start asking questions. Cause I, I don't, I never acted like I've, I've, I've tried never ever to come off as a guy that knows everything about yeah. anything. I know a little bit about a lot of things. Um, but 
I started asking friends, you know, what could have made this noise and I'm explaining it to them. And immediately when I'm, before I even get through all the details, they're trying to dismiss it and they're kind of like, you know, like, you know, like, what were you drinking? What were you on? You know, like this doesn't seem, you know, like you're crazy, which is ridiculous. Um, but I, I started, you know, uh, one friend, he, he grew up around that area, and his, his uncle was a big-time hunter-trapper. I mean, okay. like, serious, like, Davy Crockett-type guy. Okay, as yeah. close as you can get that in the yeah. modern day. And I was like, uh, he was visiting his uncle, and I said, you know, like, have your, ask your uncle, you know, what could make that noise, you know? And he came back, and he said, my uncle said it was just probably a bear snapping its jaws, you know? They do that when they're aggressive, or when there's cubs around, you know, okay. when they stand their ground and, and I was like man I just don't think so he's like oh no nope, that's what he said I'm like but they don't do that for three to five plus minutes right R- like, rhythmic rocks together right and he goes oh well yeah I don't know that's probably what it was and I'm like you don't understand how loud this was and which leads me to I can't believe I uh, stepped over this point that was so loud um the the rock clacking that happened and that I don't know how the two people that were sleeping, literally, I could have touched them. Uh-huh. Never woke up, never heard anything. Wow. And it's not like I'm such a light sleeper, anything wakes me up. Like, I've fallen asleep at a racetrack, you know, where it's probably 120 decibels in the grandstands. Um, but I have no idea. Like, it, it really made me start thinking, can they, can something project just a sound? Not just, you know how you, you, people say there's mind speak or telepathy, right. whatever you want to call it. Can, can a sound be projected? Cause right. how is it that, that I could hear it so well and it woke me up and they heard nothing. Yeah. Um, and I, I went down a, a bit of a rabbit hole in, um, I didn't believe in that type of stuff when I first opened my mind to this and thought like this might be happening in Michigan. I didn't believe in the, oh, they can disappear or like. Or anything, even close, like, anything not natural, I thought people were just full of, you know, you know what. And they were, you know, smoking the wrong pipe or something, so to speak. (laughs) Right, right. Um, But it's, you cannot hear all of these accounts of, uh, like I was saying, people will literally hear something clear as day. And they turn to their friend and they're like, what was that? And their friend has no idea what they're talking about. And it's undeniable to them like it's like as loud as a jet engine what they're hearing yeah and the person next to them has no idea they're like you're crazy yeah never heard anything um so i'm not saying that that's a you know it's a pos anything's a possibility with this um is as widely crazy as the details in these uh wildly crazy as these details in these encounters sound there's legitimacy to it there's sure. no way that all these people are having similar experiences to me um and they're all making it up right and i had these experiences before i even heard uh any of the people's testimony on finding bigfoot of the town hall meetings which they never put anything you know that's not in their oh right that's that, uh, if it's not yeah if it's not gigantopithecus then that doesn't get on the show right, right or on the website for that matter that's just my opinion but um uh, take it for what you want uh, listeners but there's better resources for um, for information. It's harder to get to because it's not all collected in one uh, database where you can go by county, by state. But if you really sift through and listen to things and you know keep a, a mental catalog, um, you can get truth 
filtered through your own brain. Uh, I, I totally agree. That's my number one ingredient for the show is the eyewitness. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like we were talking about earlier when we were coming back from the location, um, I had said two people can look at the same object or same situation and have a totally different point of view. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I set out to say, okay, yes, this show is about Sasquatch. Um, but just as much, it's about the eyewitnesses mm -hmm. and how they experienced the sighting or the encounter and how it affected them. I think that because that way we can get the data. We can get the data, um, truthful data, not mm -hmm. manipulated, yeah. not the gigantopithecus narrative no, no that's being pushed being, on yeah. anybody. Mm -hmm. No, this is going to be an independent show where if you want to say you believe Bigfoot is connected to UFOs, go for it. Mm -hmm. Because we need um, a knowledge pool right now where we can just pour all the data in and then sift through it. And then at the end of the day, each individual can make up their own mind what mm -hmm. they think Bigfoot is. Yeah, I mean, any... Any databases, I'm not saying the BFRO is bad, but you won't get all of the reports that are reported into them. Right. Uh, you're only going to get what they deem is credible and pushes their agenda. Yeah. Um, which, hey, to each their own. They're still right. providing a service and it's valuable. Exactly. Um, need every little bit. It's So I would just um, caution people to, if you, the information you get, if you have to pay for that information... There's there's a red flag. Don't yeah. Um, I'm not against you know if you if there's some kind of uh, get together and somebody rents a hall and you're charging five ten dollars a head just to pay for the hall to have right. you know like that's different. But right. That's a when it's when it's uh, hundreds or plus dollars for a ticket mm -hmm. for a um, sorry if I offend anyone but expert because right. there are no experts in this no experts. field. Um, that should raise a red flag. I mean, if you want to go and just meet people, that's great. But I would not, I would take whatever those people say with a big heaping spoonful of salt. Yeah. Um, but otherwise there are plenty, plenty of avenues of podcasts uh, like this, yeah. uh, that you'll get a lot of good information. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be some people that lie and they just want attention, whether it's good or bad. Right. But I'd say the majority of people aren't trying to drag their own name through the mud because if you want to admit and attach your name to this, there's a lot of negative that is going to come with it. There's very sure. little positive. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just between that and there are all these different groups, like not just Facebook groups, but physical groups that have people that get together and go out. And there are people against people in that group which that and and then in turn that whole group is fighting against another group and I think we all just need to admit that we really don't know much as right. humans period right. especially in this topic and we should probably just close our mouths and listen sometimes without judgment and and really open your mind a little cuz there's a lot more to this than I think people want to admit yeah and and for point um what we talked about earlier the tree knocking mm -hmm. um we, when we hear that sound, we automatically think it's a tree knock. Because that's just what we would have to do to make that sound. To make that mm -hmm. sound. So then we're out there knocking on trees. I don't like to do that, but some people do. Mm -hmm. um, but you had told me about um, 
uh, and someone else, Matthew, had told me about, you know, these might be coming from their vocal cords. Yeah. Produced by their own anatomy, so to speak. Yeah, think about how loud we can, you know, imagine being much more powerful, and who knows how the muscle mass, how dense it is, their tongue might be as heavy as my whole forearm. I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but, lungs and chest. And, but if yeah. you, anything that can is reported as can roar for like a minute straight oh has to be pretty large and powerful. Uh, but there has been uh, two two cases, uh, I'm not going to say cases, but two people have reported, at least to my knowledge, um, from Alaska and British Columbia that uh, say that they physically watched it like make a noise with its mouth. Like okay. it made the noise. It wasn't... Uh, hitting anything else to affect it to make that noise, it either came from its diaphragm or its mouth. Um, and that kind of, I was like, why didn't I ever think of that? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I think if we just step outside of our comfort zone and think of things as if, put ourselves in its um, shoes, no pun intended because they don't wear shoes. <laughs> but, um, like, really think, like, how, why they act the way they do. I have thought about why they're so standoffish um, think about if you were, were them, you would think that we're just funny smelling, small looking like magic things, you yeah. know, like, cause we can do things they can't explain. Like, right. you know, lighters, cars, like the sounds, they don't understand anything. It's just as, yeah. it's just as weird and terrifying of an experience as they're having for the first time seeing a human. Oh sure. Walking around, we're holding our phones. I mean, we were out in the woods today and we're like, Wow, we got to train ourselves to look up more. Yeah, you know, when you're in the woods, you're looking down, making sure you don't trip over anything, mm -hmm. and then you throw, you know, technology into that. You're looking at your phone, and it's like, no, let's get our head up and let's look from left to right and mm -hmm. really scan the area. Yeah, people can't even drive a car without, unfortunately, having their head down yeah. looking at that phone. But it's it's such a an amazingly unknown topic. And also taboo at the same time. Yeah. Um, it seems like there's been great links gone to to keep this uh, like a joke. And by, I don't know if that's by just mainstream media or, or who decided to run with that, but it is not a joke to, to myself, to a lot of people. Um, I used to wish when people would sit, like, act like it's a joke, I used to hope that they have a terrifying experience. Right. And I mean literally just wish that upon them. I didn't want anything bad to happen to them, but I wanted them to understand the feeling and not be able to go out in the woods without like having that in the back of your mind. You know, by no means am I just constantly head on a swivel thinking like, oh, Bigfoot's going to come and kill me. But uh, it's knowing that there's something out there that possesses that kind of power and strength and uh, let's be quite frank, is is very mysterious. They can do things that I think we can't explain. Um, but knowing that that's out there, and then and believing, like thinking that it's out there, it's a possibility, are two vastly different things. And I can never explain that to anybody that's Agreed. that's never had an experience. Which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I wish I would have never had an experience, and I could still right. just read a book and like it's just kind of fiction to me. Um, where like it might be real, but well, I gotta see it to believe it. I kind of wish I would have never seen or experienced it. Um, let's uh, let's revisit with that in mind <laughs> that that feeling of fear uh, for everybody at home. Let's uh, revisit 
you know, your fish point. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Delicacy. I'm sorry. I got experience. A, I got no, a that's tangent. okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You, we want to know why you feel this way. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I didn't go camping a lot after that first experience. And it kind of, like, I just kind of stayed out of the woods uh, unknowingly. Right. Um, I'd still camp and stuff, but it just was different. Well, anyway, uh, I was going to this what year would this have been this would have been 2016 i believe okay um sometime in late october early november it was probably early november um but i was going to check the ice because it was very cold that year uh and early like how it used to be and i was like oh, i'm gonna go check this ice fishing spot out at a, a place called hidden harbor um which is just It'd be northeast uh, along the Bay Shore from, oh, excuse me, uh, a place called Vanderbilt Park and, okay. and Quantica Sea. Uh, it's in between that and Fish Point. Well, I was going out to check the ice out, and I just parked my vehicle, and I was smoking a cigarette, and I was walking down this two-track, and to paint a picture for people, um, there's nothing but a wall of fragmites that are probably uh, 12 foot tall, and for people that don't know what that is, it's... Uh, it's essentially like cattails on steroids with yeah. big t frilly tops on them. And they grow like, like right next, like there's no room in between them basically. And it's a wall of vegetation. Like I said, about 12 foot tall, at least 10. And on the right is kind of barren bay shore with, uh, some reed grass and a little, it, it was very dry that year. Um, the, so the water was a little bit lower. So there wasn't much for vegetation off to the right. And then probably 200 yards out, then the, the water started and there was a couple okay. uh, groups of fragmites along by the water. So it was pretty open all to my right. And I'm walking along and probably, I want to say 70 yards into my trip, uh, it sounded like a deer had like stood up out of the fragmites, like it was bedded down and it just kind of stood up and was, you know, listening to me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't think anything of it. I kept walking. And then I heard the deer, well, uh, what I think was a deer at the time, it, it wasn't. Right. Uh, I heard it start walking. I'm thinking, oh, cool, you know, it seems like it's coming, like, towards me, you know. Cool deer, maybe it'll come out and I'll, you know, have an interaction with the deer. Maybe it'll be a, a big buck. I don't know. Yeah. And, um, oh, keep in mind that uh, in this area, there is no other people parked anywhere remotely close. The next ac point of access is probably at least three quarters of a mile or more away where yeah, you could park. It's it, an amazing spot. We were, it's episode eight in our mm -hmm. video series. And yeah, we were out there. And even like now, since I've been out there, you saying a deer, I'm like, eh, you know, even is a deer yeah. going to venture out to that yeah. type of area? So long story short, um, I, I keep walking along and uh, forgive me for using my hands, but I, I keep walking along and it's just a straight shot for me. And this just completely like was trying to cut me off like it just kept getting closer and quartering towards me uh like in a straight line and it eventually got right up just behind me just off my left shoulder and i was still smiling thinking oh this is cool you know like it was you know i'm not worried about a deer but this is going to be neat you know um it was not uh Shortly after that, I kept walking, and it sink it, it sunk its its steps up exactly with mine. And when I say exactly, 
I mean, identical. Wow. Just step, step. And my brain registered, there's something wrong. This is not a deer. And I stopped. And it stopped exactly when I did. Well, I kept, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just kept going. And it kept right in step with me. And I started getting fascinated with it. I wasn't as uh, um, freaked out uh, from the unknown anymore. And I was, I was like playing, almost like playing a game where I'd stop, it'd stop. I'd, I'd take a step back. I don't know where it took its step, but it would step exactly. Uh -huh. And then I'd take like, like three quick steps and it would like right with me, like it was watching me. Okay. And then I started getting freaked out again, like a lot more so. I started getting scared. Um, but for some reason, I just kept going away from my vehicle. Like I just, I wasn't thinking right. Yeah. And I, I, I ventured out over to the right side of the trail. So I was, I had a little more distance away from the Phragmites and I started looking up at the Phragmites and it was a dead calm day, which is very seldom had on the Bay shore. And I couldn't see any of the Phragmites moving at all. I couldn't, I couldn't hear the, another odd thing is I couldn't hear the vegetation. And for somebody to move through um, reed grass even, but especially Phragmites, without hearing a right, it almost sounds like windbreakers, but way louder. Okay. Um, for it, it all started clicking in my head, like I, there's no way that there was a trail that led it, you know, straight exactly to me, and that would be the only way you could hear the footsteps and not any of the vegetation moving. Okay. And it kept right with me until I stopped and I had enough. Um, I'm trying to, you know, not carry on too much, but it, this was the, the scariest thing that's happened to me. Um, I, I, I kept moving after I didn't see any of the reed grass move or the, the fragmites moving. And I came up to this pile of rocks and this thing kept like just getting like foot by foot closer to me all okay. while staying right next to me. Until the point where this happened, and I would guess it was from here to the end of this camper, which okay. might be, I don't know, 15 feet, yeah. 20 feet or, or so, yeah. into this uh, this fragmite. So I picked up, I don't know, five or six really good size, you know, between baseball, softball size to like golf ball size rocks. Most of them were pretty big. And I started heaving them, and I was swearing at this thing, saying things I'm not going to say right now. Um, I'm not proud of, but I was threatening literally a, like a human being's life. Like I thought it was a person and I, I was just like, I'm gonna, you know, you can insert bad language. And I was screaming. Okay. I mean, my voice was hoarse when I went back to my vehicle. Um, and I was just throwing these things. I must've thrown a dozen at it. I picked up like another second volley, if you will. And I was just chucking them. And this thing did not move one inch. It made not one wow. sound. It just was silent. And I started, I was, that's probably the most fear I've ever felt. I, I can't explain, um, just by the details of it, explaining this to you, like, there's no reason why I should have been that scared. Wow. So do you think, and we've talked about this before, um, they're able to project fear onto whoever or whatever like this thing wanted you out of that area and maybe was just projecting onto you and trying to push you out as much as as i'd like to say no um because it would be a lot more convenient and easier to live with okay. if i thought that that wasn't possible but 
there was definitely a reason why I got that. I mean, it was primal fear. Like, wow. I could only imagine that fear if I was being chased by a tiger. Okay. Like that kind of my life isn't like I'm going to die if I don't do something okay. quickly. Um, it was, and I'm sure there's going to be people out there saying like, oh, this guy's, you know, uh, this and that. And like, I wouldn't be me. I'm until it happens to you. It's, it's easy to say this, that, whatever. Yep. Armchair um, quarterbacks. Yep. Um, not once did I ever think to grab my phone to record anything to like nothing. I mean, I thought my life was in danger. I, I was terrified. Um, Anyway, I grabbed a few more rocks, and I started, I just got the hell out of there. I started walking, like, sidestepping, and this thing um, went from, like, what I would think is, like, playful, inquisitive, like, oh, I'm going to step with you, and, you know, I'm kind of, like, just playing with you, to it didn't care if I heard it or not, okay. and it was not, it was... I wish I knew, had more detail, but at that point, I had such a rush and flood of emotion... Um, that I just remember hearing the pounding of my heart in my ears, just do, 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 and I was breathing heavy, and my head was just on a swivel. I mean, if you would have saw me from afar, you'd think I was on meth or just tweaking or something. Like yeah. I, I was so alert, um, and I just sidestepped the whole way, sometimes backpedaling, and at one point it almost sounded like there might have been two of whatever this was okay um i'm not gonna say it was bigfoot sasquatch dog man any kind of cryptid or anything but it was the most odd animal behavior i've ever experienced and if you tell you know any listeners if you can tell me what can walk on two feet or have a, a human gait sound mm -hmm. and mimic my steps without being able to see me right and just toy with me like that i'm all ears because i've thought about that since that day and there hasn't been many days that went by where I haven't thought about that, you know. Um, <clears throat> well, as the uh, noise kept intensifying and I was walking back to my vehicle, um, more sidestepping and walking backwards, just staring off into that fragmite, just the the thoughts that go through your head of what might be in there and what I'm going to have to do if it comes out. Literally, the thought that was in my mind is, I'm going to have to go for whatever this is, is like eyes throat genitals whatever is mm -hmm. like to get you out i was i was gonna do whatever it took i was in total i was in flight but i was preparing to fight well you could bury it in that area it's so extensive you could bury a body there and no one would ever find you wouldn't it. even have to bury it yeah. you could just just leave set it up six feet off the trail <laughs> nobody'd know nobody'd be able to smell it um it, yeah, it's just a swampy, smelly, nasty. Uh, then it was dry, so it was different than if you watch that video that I we had done. It doesn't look the same, but that's what seven, eight years and you know the water levels will do. Yeah. Um, long story short, I'm sorry to make people. No, uh, you're sit, good. That's great. Sit on pins and needles. Um, but I got about twenty yards from my vehicle, and I just said, um, like, "F it, I need to go now." And I took one last look and I dropped those rocks and I sprinted the, as fast as I possibly could. I I ran right into the side of my vehicle because I was I didn't want to slow down. Oh, I, wow. I just had visions of there's something behind me 
and it's going to get me. Like there, it's whatever this was could have had me at any moment. If you can traverse through that kind of vegetation and swampy soil with ease, with making minimal, minimal noise, that's something. I couldn't go, I couldn't walk through that if my life depended on it at maybe three miles an hour. Wow. And, and I'm not exaggerating. Um, it's, it's extremely rough stuff to walk through. And I know that from an unfortunate circumstance, I had to look for my friend's uh, um, body for like two weeks. And a lot of it was along the Bay Shore through that stuff. Um, but I ran right into the side of my vehicle and I, I got it open and I, I slammed the door shut. And I think before the door was even shut, I had the keys in the ignition turned and I never looked to my left. I just gunned it and took off. And I don't think I ever went back there. I didn't, I definitely didn't tell anybody about it for several years. Wow. Um, it, it's weird because I never thought I'd be the type of person that would, you know, when people say like, oh, I repressed that memory and, you know, like, I, I like it just all came back to me. Yeah. I, I, that isn't what happened, but it's like I shoved it back someplace where I'm like, remember this, but don't bring it up again. Right. Like, just, you're fine, forget about it. Right. And I just filed it back in the weird category. Uh, same thing with the first experience, where it's like, I don't know what that is, but people keep calling me crazy and saying I'm wrong, and I'm, you know, and I am start, starting to laugh at me, because I've been thinking about this so much. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, don't say anything to anyone, just, just live with it, you know? Well... It was, like I said, several years later, and a friend of mine who I used to go ice fishing with a lot, he said, hey, do you want to go out to Hidden Harbor? And, uh, as soon as he said that, it was like, like, uh, like a surge of electricity. I was just like, whoa. And I just was like, the whole experience all in one second was just like, I relived it for a second. Okay. And I said to him, like, did I ever tell you about that weird thing that happened to me out there? And, uh, he said, no. So I started explaining to him uh, with a lot less detail and, you know, le less drawn out than I did here. But I, I was I was I was telling him, you know, for the reason of safety, because I, that. If it can do that, that, that's something that I can't explain and nobody that I know can really explain. Um, so I was just telling him just for a heads up, you yeah. know, like yeah. just common courtesy. Yeah. Um, so I got halfway through the story and he literally, and again, I never claimed it to be Bigfoot. I never said Sasquatch. I never, nothing. Just like, I, I'll never say that if I didn't see it, you know, I don't know for sure. And he, halfway through the story, he says, oh, so you're telling me you saw Bigfoot, huh? And he starts laughing in my face. And I looked at him just the way I'm looking at you. Yeah. And I said, no, that's not what I'm effing saying. And I really got angry. Yeah. Um, and then he started listening to me. I'm like, I'm telling you, don't go out there by yourself. You know, like if you do, take something. For sure. Um, and everyone knows what I mean by something. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really sad the amount of times that I've been met like that. Um, when I start explaining an encounter, and I'm not looking for attention. It always comes where somebody's like, oh, hey, Giles, tell them. Uh, tell them about this, and the person might be genuinely interested. Okay. And uh, it never ceases to amaze me that there's always 
like one out of three people probably or every half like 50 percent will just laugh and like assume that you're talking about bigfoot and act like you're crazy you know well i never asked for this i don't go out in the woods looking for anything you know like hoping that like oh i want to make friends because i'm here to tell you they're not all friendly yeah. i can i that that i know for a fact and the only reason why i know that is because look at any animal or any human being we are all different we are you can't trust every human being just like you can't right. trust every raccoon or dog um and i'm sorry if i'm hurting anyone's feelings but that's just the way life is that's right it's cruel and doesn't make sense sometimes and there's good with bad yeah um but i can tell you this much whatever was was following me that one day uh, stalking me on the bayshore i didn't get any good vibes from that okay. at all there was no like oh i might be maybe it just wants to you know like it's just curious it it was not anything like that for yeah. me and maybe that's just from my own um perspective you know maybe i just i just didn't feel comfortable i i'm i don't know but i didn't get a good feeling well now we know though um, with all the data just you and I are collecting, mm -hmm. you know, together and individually, how many sightings? That that location is directly north of the city of Cairo, mm -hmm. and um, there are so many sightings in that area, and not just Sasquatch. Now we've got Dogman sightings mm -hmm. as well. And so for whatever reason, that is a hot spot, and I've talked about it a million times, and I'll keep talking about it, along that Cass River and then connecting up to that Fish Point area. Um, it's just a hot spot for this kind of activity. Yeah, and uh, what makes it, not that I don't believe, but more more so believable uh, through especially a lot of the people that uh, um, I'm part of a group chat with, um, a lot of them don't really want to come forward publicly you know uh -huh. like like it seems like uh people want to share with us their encounter and hear about other people and know they're not alone but they don't really want any kind of attention like i i don't want attention from this because right. it's going to lead to a lot more negative attention than good and a lot of people snickering behind my back and making remarks which is fine i can deal with that yeah but it's it's really it's really tough for people especially in this area because, I mean, it's it's very judgmental even with uh, simple things like what kind of vehicle you drive, or your or your political beliefs. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Let alone you're speaking about something that challenges maybe not even my my reality, but my religious beliefs and and exactly. you know exactly. It's very it's touchy, and all I wanted to ever do was be truthful. Yeah. Um. I, I don't want to mislead anybody. I don't want to say something is a, for certain without knowing for certain. And and when you're trying to just help people and give information, especially like I really the only people I told before I came on uh, and did an interview with you was people that would, it would directly affect. Okay. Because uh, I figured there's no sense in putting this out on some forum or you know explaining my story to anybody that it's not ever going to affect because people just think what they want to think. Oh, yeah, and they're going to continue to do that. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is now, um, but, you know, say maybe 20 years ago, one out of 100 people believed in Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. I, I would think nowadays more people 
Mm -hmm. You know, that stigma is less, um, but there is still a stigma with it. And I'm kind of like, you know what, I don't care. Let's shake it off. Let's get together with people like Giles, who I love uh, your point of view because you want to reach out to other people and say, hey, it's okay. You did see something. Yeah. You have a right to feel the way you feel, you know, whether it be good or bad. Yeah, and I'm not going to tell you whether what you saw was real or not. And I'm not right. going to be, certainly not going to be a person that says, which this has been said to me, I believe you believe what you saw. Yeah. That, that yeah. is a nice way of saying you're crazy. Yeah. And I don't, I don't believe patronizing. you. Right, right. Whether, um, it be, whether it be Sasquatch, uh, UFOs, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a hot topic nowadays. And, and if you really think about it, um, what's the difference really between perspective if I'm walking through the woods and I hear a voice in my head and see a Bigfoot? And connect that as the Bigfoot speaking to me. I'm not saying that has happened to me, but this is a, just an example. What's the difference between that and somebody sitting in a church and having something spoken into their head? There you go. One, people praise and they say, God is speaking to you. The other, people call you crazy. Yeah. And you're insane, you know? It's... I wish everyone would stop acting like we know everything about everything. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Exactly what you said. We have a bunch of know-it-alls nowadays, um, armchair quarterbacks mm -hmm. who um, don't even know uh, what it's like. And they're just expressing their opinion real quick like they would or they're going to at Super Bowl Sunday, you know, about, oh, why did they make that catch? Why didn't yeah, they? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. dude, get off your lazy boy. I would have done your Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. everyone upset with Dan Campbell about going for it on fourth down. What do you think he was going to do? Right. Um, you know, a peacock's going to be a peacock. It's not going to turn yep. into a duck. Yeah, and they're professionals. I'm like nobody. Uh, well, anyway, I'm not going to bring that up. Sorry to bring everyone down. That's good stuff, man. It's Michigan, uh, you know? Yeah. But um, how was I getting that? It's, it's just upsetting that I understand you have to see it to believe it, but... If I were to tell the same people that laughed at me about my encounters, trying to warn them, people that I know and love, if I would have told them I saw an elk on the Bayshore, they would have believed me. Right. Because it's something that they already believe in, and I'm a trustworthy person. I've never lied to them yeah. or anybody, yeah. you know? But that is outside of people's comfort zone, and it's an inconvenient truth. So it's not a truth to them, and they just, nope, and it's easier to laugh at you and ridicule it and laugh it off than for them to maybe admit that that is a possibility. You know, like right. when they go out to take their trash out, something might be watching them. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, I kind of slid into the whole Sasquatch uh, topic without a problem because I've personally had so many paranormal encounters with go what you would call ghosts mm -hmm. or entities in dark cloaks um, lots of conversations, I mean, just crazy stuff. So, um, my heart does go out to Sasquatch eyewitnesses. I've never seen one personally, but because of what I've been through, I have somewhat of an understanding and I'm like, yeah, let's take this on. Let's get rid of the stigma because mm -hmm. sooner or later, everybody's going to find out that these yeah. things are real. It was just like 20 years ago, aliens are a joke. Everybody, you know, yeah. no, I think the last poll that I saw, there was... Over 55 or 60% of Americans firmly believe that they're aliens. Mm -hmm. And whether people missed it or not, there was a debriefing uh, 
I can't remember where it took place, uh, but there was a lot of material uh, um, released where they the government literally admitted, you know, we have uh, other, I think their words were otherworldly spacecraft and biological material, sure. which you make of that what you will, biological material, uh-huh. you know. So, I mean, it, how fast things change when people think they know everything and take all of their their uh what they consider rock solid fact from the government yeah yeah i mean my perspective now hindsight's always twenty twenty. so um you know as you find out things like hollywood is influenced by the cia mm-hmm. so there has to be a system of a narrative there has to be a system possibly of desensitizing people um for we're talking about aliens right now so let's talk do you remember when uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out? I don't remember exactly, but I, I've seen okay, the movie. Just a little bit before your time. Yeah. yeah. That movie, that was the one that brought it home. It was so real. Even when I was younger, because what was I, about 10 when that came out? 78, maybe? Um, there was something more to that movie than just a movie. And since then, I'm not saying that was the first movie about aliens, but since then... So many movies about aliens. It's like we're there's a narrative out there that is working slowly to desensitize us, so we will be able to receive aliens. You know, I guess easier mm-hmm. when they come into reality. So now transpose that into the Sasquatch world. You know, I've heard the narrative of you know the government's known for who knows how long that the border patrol see these things regularly on. Thermal, there are yeah. thermal devices. Um, so, what would the problem be? Um, well, we'd all get upset, maybe run out and shoot these things. And then me, um, you know, I've kind of graduated from the the train of thought that oh, they're just ape. To where now, I lean more towards interme- interdimensional beings, mm-hmm. um, maybe an ancient human tribe. And so, then you bring that aspect, you bring any kind of aspect of humanity into the story and then you're talking about these things having rights and land rights and all that kind of stuff so then that would to me scare the government off more what's an even uh, more disturbing uh, possibility that i've thought of is uh this might seem outlandish to some people but again if you're not thinking about all the possibilities then you're missing a lot of the the ride yeah Um, not a doubt I, i i just anyway um, what's a more disturbing possibility is that the government doesn't want us to to know about them and doesn't want to acknowledge that they exist, so they push this narrative of, oh, Harry and the Hendersons, and it's a funny oh, how yeah, we know. the Pooh character. Yeah, and uh, because they might be more connected to us than what we think. Yeah, and then yeah, and then with what the government knows, they could be more responsible legally. If um, now, granted, like we've talked about before, and let's be clear to everybody at home, a lot of people have wonderful experiences with Sasquatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, by and large, Sasquatch aren't these scary, necessarily evil ones. But, like you said, there are evil people in this mm-hmm. world. So, why wouldn't there be? Uh, evil Sasquatch, um, if they have human traits. I know Aaron Spencer, who um, I'm going to meet with him tomorrow. You know, just the way that Sasquatch scared him off, you know, it's almost like it got a kick out of scaring Aaron half to death. It it really seems like, in my uh, findings, 
Um, I'll, I'll just let people know I spent, I don't have a, a number on it, but it's well over 1,500 to 2,000 hours of, I'm not going to call it research because I hate the term researchers. You know, like I'm just, I, I'm thirsting for knowledge. But I've spent 1,500 to 2,000 plus hours easy just reading and listening to people's first-hand encounters. And it really seems like the farther north you go and the farther, the more extreme hot and cold areas, uh -huh. the more aggressive the nature is. And the more, um, it really seems like, especially in really northern Canada and uh as you get too closer to the Arctic area, like in Alaska, um, they almost feed off of your fear. Like that's like so. It's like some kind of depraved, sadistic. I I can't really explain it. So like, so with you see with you saying that, and I don't know if we've talked about this before. That that reminds me that it seems like um, the Sasquatch that are closer to the urban areas are more used to people. Mm -hmm. And you're not so offended by our behaviors, let's say. Yeah. Where the more rural ones are like, stay away from us. I mean, you made some great points earlier about, you know, we get sick. Yet, you know, um, Spain came along and probably killed off the, the Mayan population because of smallpox and other, other diseases like that. So if Sasquatch are aware of that, they're smart, like, hey, stay away from the humans. You could catch a disease. Mm -hmm. That was a great point you made out today. Or, you know, you could be shot because, um, by and large, a lot of the data I've been bringing in, a friend of mine, uh, Cheryl Green, she's the administrator mm -hmm. of our, our group page on Facebook, and she has had nothing but wonderful experiences with Sasquatch growing up as a child. Um, she felt they even protected her at times. Mm -hmm. And so I think Sasquatch kind of sends out each individual. And by and large, um, females of the human population are less aggressive. Um, maybe us men are just considered more aggressive to the Sasquatch. We're more apt to react in fear and grab a gun and try to shoot them. Yeah. So they try to keep their distance more when it comes to human males. So I, I'm just, all this stuff is what I've been processing over the past couple of years. Like, oh my goodness, this is so much deeper than I ever thought. The dynamics are from the ceiling to the floor, back to the ceiling, to the stars and back. It It's been such a crazy journey, mm -hmm. but I want to learn. Um, I, I want to learn. I just, you know, keep soaking it in from each individual I meet, each I witness, and I just want to have a full understanding of these things, and, and that's just me. Um, but let's go on to, so you've had your two encounters, mm -hmm. which kind of shaped you, and you weren't sure what they were, so to speak, and um, I'm not sure if right then, in those instances, you thought, Sasquatch. I, I definitely did not. I never. Okay. All I knew was in the second experience, not to keep beating a dead horse, but as it I, before I threw the rocks, I was just thinking exactly what I told you. Like if this comes out, I'm going for the eyes, throat, genitals. Right. Well, I like it, it, my literal thoughts were: I was, you might kill me, but you're gonna end up dying from whatever I do to you. Right. I. I'm not gonna just be an easy meal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you had the fight or flight. Yeah, fight it was. I mean, I had a whole gamut of like emotions. Okay. I mean, everything except for joy. I, I mean, anxious. Like it was. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. Right. In that in that set of moments, um, 
for me, I'm happy. Like what we're leading into right now. Uh, once again, I've never seen a Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. um, so highly interested. So that's why we're doing the show and just bringing in people like you. But for me, being on the outside, I'm like, you know what, gals? I'm so happy <laughs> that because of those two encounters in your past that you actually did have a sighting. Yeah. Uh, and the, the worst thing is I never had anybody to corroborate it. There was two people sitting right next to me. Like, I didn't want to wake them up because I didn't want to let whatever was outside know I was in the tent. And the second time, nobody corroborated. And then the third time, I didn't have anybody there with me again, but I saw something for yeah. the first time. Um, I was driving down the road. I was on my way to work, and this was last year in October. And let me interject real quick. What's <clears throat> neat about this is this is in the, really in the same general area as Fish Point, Quantica Sea, uh, Carroll, Michigan, along the Cass River, actually just east mm -hmm. of those, just outside of Cass City. Yeah, and um, I was going down the road. Uh, let me just paint the picture, I guess. It was probably, I usually get to work about 8.30, and I was probably 30 minutes. It was probably like just about 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the sun was was up there was no problem with visibility there was very light fog i mean i could see for a mile no problem but there was just a haze and uh as i'm driving along there's no real houses along this area and there's a little uh little ditch a little depression in the road that you kind of come over to the hill and you go down and as i was coming back up uh there was a corn stubble field off to my left hand side and probably this isn't really important but just painting the picture probably three, two, three hundred yards at least farther, there was still some of the corn standing. So there was nothing around within 120 yards of where I saw this, other than the ditch and the road that I was going over. Right. Uh, and the ditch that I was heading towards. Well, I'm driving and something, it didn't tell me, like I didn't hear a, a voice in my head or something, but I just thought like, look left. And I looked over and I I just did, this was exactly the motion I, I did. I thought, look left. And I just barely took my eyes back off of what I did, caught my eye, and I looked back, and I just thought, that is the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. And again, didn't think Bigfoot until, like, maybe days later. Uh, and I've been heavily in invested in this topic, uh, at, sorry, at that time. Uh -huh. Um, just never even thought, like, I just, I think, like, logically, what, what is that? Yeah. And, and I thought when I, I saw it, I thought that is the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. It was, the guy was, I'm saying guy, cause I, at that time I thought it was a guy. I thought this guy was at least seven and a half to eight and a half foot tall. I mean, wow. like taller than a basketball, like abnormally big. But it, he wasn't like you see tall people, and they're either like really lanky, you know, or or they're, or they're like yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna say fat, but like they're not like bodybuilders when right. you're like eight foot tall. Right. Uh, it's you're not proportioned that way. Well, this looked like if you if you were to take like the biggest country boy, like when you see think uh -huh. stereotypical, like oh he could lift a tractor with one hand, like yeah. that thing could have. Wow. It, its chest was wider than my shoulders, like deep. Okay. It was, because I, I saw it from the side, 
Uh, and I just thought, holy crap, that guy is huge. And I just thought about how big the shoulders and the chest were on it. And it, it didn't look super athletic. Like, you know, it looked like country strong. Like, okay, right, right. You know, like there, there was a little meat on its bones, you okay. know. Um, and I started, I, I had this, the whole sighting of it happened for three seconds probably. I looked. And then I thought, oh, I got to look back at the road because I'm coming up a hill, you okay. know. Yeah. So I looked back, I mean, just for a second, and I turned my head back around, and it uh, it was gone. It, I And when I say I just turned my head back around, I didn't look and then think, oh, it's gone. And then to look back at the road, I was looking everywhere. I looked in both, all the mirrors. I, I was freaked out. I, wow. How can something that big just disappear? And I know it wasn't. A figment of my imagination no. i know what it was um but it, that was the whole thing and i mean that was that was the most definitive thing that i had experienced but it was also the least scary yeah didn't you say it was uh kind of like in oh a, a, like it froze it, uh, yeah i didn't no. remember i don't remember seeing any motion to it okay it, it just, it's like it just it's one arm was on its side and the other one was bare, just getting ready to come out and it was it was, what what made me I'm sorry that I'm jumping around. No, I don't you're good. I don't get to speak about this to many people and I get a little, you know, yeah, antsy. It's great. Um the weirdest the what caught me as as like this isn't normal was it was all one color. And I mean not like where its clothes would be. I mean literally nose, eyes, hands, feet everything one color wow there was no texture to it like i you'd think and i was about 50 yards away from it or maybe 60 with the extra lane of the road and the shoulder between us but i mean i could see you should be able to see detail if it was it's a hairy being of some sort you'd think and i was like well that's not a guy he because i thought initially it was somebody with like a a, a reddish brown carhartt coat uh-huh. with her hood up I'm like that guy. Don't have a neck. That's weird. And it wasn't. It was just one color. It, there was no clothing. You couldn't see where there was a cuff where like the hand met any clothes. It wasn't wearing boots. It wasn't overalls or coveralls. It was just one whole color. It was just like this matte color. There was no shine to it. There was no shimmer. Just one color. Okay. Like a calico cat, you would uh, say. Yeah, it's like, if you could imagine, like, the uh, the rust orange-brown color that you can get in calico cats, it was like, uh, uh, there are some companies that make, like, knockoff Carhartts that are, like, that same type of color, but it's, like, reddish-colored. Uh-huh. It's It was kind of like that. Um, just unexplainable, you know? Like, I don't know what can do that. Yeah. Uh, it's literally, it disappeared, or it was... It could travel 120 yards in half a second. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that area, we've been to that spot. That's in episode eight on our YouTube series um, where you get to see the spot. It's a slight valley mm-hmm. between two hills. So you were heading to work, traveling from west to east. And this thing, this being, was walking from east to west. Mm-hmm. And I think you, like I said before, you more or less came cruising over that hill so fast. It wasn't ready for you, froze, and then just down a little bit, um, you know, there's like a little ditch that leads to the Cass River we mm-hmm. talked about, but also 
Um, well, first of all, the color um, reminds me of Aaron Spencer when he was a child and he had the Sasquatch mother visit him almost annually. Um, that was only just maybe five, ten miles away mm -hmm. from where, and it was the same color as the one you saw. Um, that was years ago. Um, so there's a correlation there. And then just last week, um, I showed you this picture, but I received a picture and uh, it is a picture of possibly, now this is the crazy talk, Yeah. this is the crazy Sasquatch talk we're getting into, um, the movie Predator, where they mm -hmm. can cloak. I received a picture that there is a uh, human being body form type, and I showed it to you, but it is cloaked. And it's cloaked in a forced way to match like the forced background, mm -hmm. except though it wasn't matching its background. Yeah, it almost if uh, if I could explain it to people, it doesn't seem photoshopped. Yeah, um, it seems it seems legitimate, but it almost looks like a humanish form of a like a wavy mirror. Yeah, like that's not all at one angle. It's hard to explain. It's. It's definitely a human form of something. So so with that in mind, then my mind, being an actor, um, goes to the movie Predator, mm -hmm. where we first saw cloaking, and then we're, then I'm like, oh, does the CIA already know about this? And then they feed Hollywood a narrative, and then Hollywood gets it in a movie about an alien who cloaks. And then if that technology comes out, you can say, oh, it's come on, they're just ripping that off from Predator, that's not real. Right, right, and then, so now, that is one possibility yep. out there um, in the extreme Sasquatch world that these things have the ability to cloak mm -hmm. and or walk through portals at any mm -hmm. given time. That some have the ability to walk through portals or create portals. I used to think like the Carroll area, and, and I'm not backing off on this point of view. Um, for some reason, the Carroll area seems to um, be more susceptible to portals being able to be formed there or is it state land where these beings know that there's nothing's going to be built and the topography isn't going to change at all so they can zap in and zap out they can travel back and forth because they know that it won't change they won't be walking in into somebody's backyard yeah. uh -huh. um so yeah these are all the things that go through my mind like what does the CIA know? What does the government know? And then they're slowly feeding us these things through movies, and now we're kind of finding these things out for ourselves with all these eyewitnesses coming together. Um, everybody's got a phone, taking pictures. All of this together mm -hmm. is just amazing. And speaking of phones, I would ask that, for those of you that haven't had a, a serious, like, oh crap experience with in the woods, just any kind of, I'm not seeing, seeing a 10 foot tall being, but have it, something you can't explain. The last thing you think about is pulling your cell phone out. Without it. Because that's not going to help you at all, unless you're getting it out to use it for a flashlight. Yeah. I mean, I told myself after my first encounter, I was telling you this early, earlier, after people thought I was crazy, I wish I would have just recorded. You know, yeah. I had a Nokia brick phone, but you could still record on it. I wish I could have recorded that to to show people, like, no, it wasn't a bear. No, it wasn't somebody changing a tire that was beaten on their vehicle. You know, no, it wasn't, like, what you're telling me it was. Yeah. I can't tell you what it was, but I can tell you what it wasn't. Yeah, and the, the only guy I know, um, guy contacted me not too long ago, uh, can't give his name, 
Um, but he was ex-Special Forces. And he believes the only reason, he's got a picture of what he saw. Um, he let me see it, and it's absolutely amazing. But he said he came up over a hill, and he was barreling in his truck, and this thing was standing in the middle of the road, and he almost hit it, but just before he got close, the thing jumped a good 30 feet in the air, and then ran and kind of um, stood behind this stick pile. And only, in my opinion, this guy being special forces, being trained and to be in extreme situations, mm -hmm had enough sense to pull out his uh, phone and get that one picture, yeah. which is still, you know, half blurry as it is, but you can definitely see that this is a uh, freaky creature. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so the, the normal guy like me, you know, I'm an auto worker. I do acting when I can for a hobby. Um, I do this when I can for, you know, hobby and to spread the show. And uh, am I going to, you know, oh, stay right there, Bigfoot. So don't move a little bit to the left. Yeah. No, I'm going to be like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the, keep in mind also that a lot of people, not you, but our audience, uh, there's a lot of a lot of people are going out there like me. I'm not looking for anything. I'm not asking to see anything. And when something crazy happens, I, I'm not even expecting this. It's not even in yeah. the realm of possibility for me. So why would I think to document it? Right. You know? um, it's, it's easy to say... You know, woulda, shoulda, I woulda. Yeah, why did you get a and picture? It's a, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Why is it blurry? It's a lot harder to just take it for what it is and try to, you know, believe the person, yeah. you know? Um, and there's nothing wrong with not believing people, but, man, not everyone's lying about this stuff. Yeah, and know? it's what you said. It's, um... This is the main thing that attracted me to you, and that's why we've kind of hit it off, is... You have, from day one, been, people just need to be aware of what's out there. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that Sasquatch is going to come kill you, because we have plenty of reports that these are wonderful creatures and have treated many human beings kindly. We're just saying, just be aware of what's out mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah, the cougar sightings. I want to know about that. I don't want that hidden. You know, I don't want the state withholding information and then me taking my son out there mm -hmm. and, and this thing coming, oh, it's not supposed to be in that area or a bear or whatever. Yeah, for whatever reason, um, the DNR does not want to admit that there is big cats in the Lower Peninsula. Yep. I don't know if it affects their funding or what, what it does. I'm not going to make any implications like as to why they do what they do, but... If they don't even want to tell people about that, and there's legitimate kill, trail cam yeah. videos, footage. Yeah. I saw what I saw. Aaron Spencer saw what he saw. Yeah. We're not all liars. I don't think me or Aaron are liars, and I don't think that they created that trail cam photo and said it was from Michigan just to get people in a, a tizzy and an uproar. Or, or the one report I got from the, the DNR guy who said, yeah, there was a face-to-face -face with a DNR officer um, with a black eight-foot Sasquatch, and that's just north of here in the Minden City Swamp, mm -hmm. and that's where you and I are going to go next. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, that being said, um, if they're not, if the DNR doesn't want to tell us about uh, cougars, then 
what makes everyone think that yeah. they need to get their information from Uncle Sam? Exactly. Because yeah. he's he's lying to me like he's lying to you like he's lying to everyone else. It yeah. has to push. It has to fit a certain agenda. If it's we're, we're in a capitalist society, yeah, money. Yeah. It's money driven. Yeah, and that's a sh- that's a shame they can't freely share that information. That you know, I gotta be told off to the side and hey, you didn't hear this from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and I mean, there are people have speculated for years as to why the government doesn't want to tell us about this. Um, whether it affects the the logging industry or it's or right, it's they right. now they have to have rights right and land rights um or... it could be all of the above who knows yeah. but there's got to be a good reason old Uncle Sam doesn't do what they do for no reason yeah that's true uh, and the the reason is involving money is one way or another yeah um, yeah the love of money is the root of all evil yeah um it's it's just uh, it's sad and I just urge people to use your own mind don't. You don't have to hear it from me or for the from the government. Use your gut. Just yeah. think about think about things before you blindly believe. Like pe- the people that go into the woods and and God bless them, they're they're not bad people, but when you think that everything is Bigfoot or everything is Dogman or everything is this, you're going to find that every time. Yeah. Like every t- twig snapping is going to be what you want it to be. Right. Um, just take things with, you know, an open mind, no preconceived notions, and yeah. just, that's all I ask people. Um, yeah, but, because we, we don't want to say everything is a Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to have that crazy kind of thinking either. So, want to be well thought out and balanced. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, between that and just getting people to, I hopefully... Hopefully, like, put themselves in another person's shoes or another creature's shoes. Um, think about if you were a Bigfoot. You would have oral histories. You yeah. would have some kind of communication. Yeah. It, and you were around during the, uh, when Native Americans, before um, they got ripped away from their land and killed, sure. killed from disease, um, apparently they had some kind of uh, communication and friendship with uh, Sasquatch and the native peoples. Yeah. They're apparently were, were trading with one another. And, yeah, one time. Yeah. And on decent enough terms. But if that's true, and I believe it is, because every indigenous peoples of the whole world have Bigfoot uh, stories, stories for sure. and folklore. Um, if that's true, then they would have seen... The Europeans come would have seen people dying. All the people that they knew, the whole world they know. Oh wow! All the people die. All the Native Americans die. We destroy the, all the woodland. Mm. We destroy everything we touch. Without a doubt. We just take. Yeah. Um, and we're not like any other animal on this planet. We sure. are the most destructive. We have to change our environment to make it suitable for us. We can't even live outside without clothes. You so know? That, that shock factor drove them into hiding as well. I, I another mean, they, good point. Yeah. They would have to know that we are not good. Yeah. And I wouldn't think... I would have to think that they would have some kind of tradition of stay away from them. They're evil. They're dirty. They'll kill you. They... Yeah. And it's just like anything else. Like... I hate to bring this up as a uh, as an example, but 
when there used to be white drinking fountains and colored drinking fountains, mm-hmm. you know? Those kids, you know, didn't know, you know, one from the other. Right, right. But it's just indoctrinated in people like, oh, if you drink out of this, if you're this color and you drink out of this wrong drinking fountain, you're going to get all these, you know, it's just yeah, bad. Exactly. So it could just be cultural, too, that they're, you know... They might not necessarily think we will kill them with disease or whatever else, or they might not even understand that. But they know that nothing good comes from us. Right. Um, we take their land. We take their animals. We They don't understand us. We drive around in weird, funny machines that it's... Right. It's literally like us seeing aliens and sharing this planet with aliens knowingly. Like, I don't think you'd want to just go around waving at aliens because you don't know what they're capable of. Right. So, so we're, we're shocking them just as much as they shock us. I would us. sure think so. Yeah, that's, no, that's a wonderful narrative. That's a, a good idea. But it, it makes a lot of sense why um, there are so many more up-close encounters and like more playful encounters with the smaller ones. Well, I, I would imagine they're younger. Um, but... Maybe it's because they don't know any better. It's like when your mom says, don't play with matches. What's the first thing you're going to do? Yeah. Play with matches. Like, don't go, you know, stay away from that house, but we're going to give you a little freedom now. Yeah, yeah. I have a report. Um, you, you brought to mind that report I got from a woman who lived in uh, the northern part of uh, the Lower Peninsula. And every year she used to go to a particular camping site with her RV and camper with her dad and family. And... Um, she turned around, she's just a, you know, maybe a 10-year-old girl, turned around and there was a young Sasquatch, black, with golden eyes, she said, and was just staring, staring at her, very close, only just a few feet away. And she started a relationship with it in the aspect of just playing and, you know, having interaction. Mm-hmm. And then that drew in the parents, a male and a female, and she got to the point where they would go back camping every year in the same location and this Sasquatch family would show up and she'd interact with the little one and even fed the, the large alpha male steak and it really seemed to like the steak and uh, Aaron and Aaron Spencer and I drove up to that, that campsite and took a look around and we're like, oh my goodness, if I was a Sasquatch, I would hang out here. Yep. And then like Aaron says, hey, if they get hungry in the wintertime, they'll be feeding out of uh, dumpsters. Mm-hmm. And at that particular campsite, they had dumpsters there. Everything was just conducive for Sasquatch sighting or behavior. Yep. And, and so, yeah, like I said, this girl would come back every year and for a few years in a row, um, she would interact with this Sasquatch family. So, yeah, see, there's a wonderful story. Yeah, you know? yeah it doesn't all have to be bad. And I would think it seems to be um, also when uh, Sasquatch is interacting with younger people, it seems to be less um, aggressive. Yeah. It's more, but also, there are a lot of encounters of them trying to lure children out. Like, Oof. Uh, you know, like, come here, come play, like, mind speak. I've, I've heard that more than a few times of them doing this, like, make, okay. motioning them to come out. And that's very unsettling. Maybe they don't mean anything ill will by it, but yeah, I, it's, it's odd. And that's the information, you know, I keep telling myself, okay, Brian, don't get too soft on the Sasquatch or... Um, but don't get too extreme in the other word. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not interested. Me, personally, I have no you know, desire to go out and shoot one of these things. Um, 
I would sure like to see one someday, interact with it. Sure, that would be wonderful. But I have no intent to harm one of these things. But then if one's coming at you, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Um, you know, like we talked about before, the old Indian stories where the Sasquatch would raid and take the women and children. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there are good, wonderful stories and there are terrible stories. And I think we as humans need to have all this information. Yeah. Uh, as much like we were talking about earlier, whether uh, you Google something and you're like, is this person bad? Yeah. And then you, depending on what your preconceived notion of that person is, is going to determine what article you choose. And if you're talking, if you, the first one that comes up is suggesting that they're bad and you want them to be good, you're not going to get that information from that first article. You're just going to get what you want. Right, right. So it's, you go, like what you're saying, you, you have to be educated on both sides of, you know, good and bad. Yeah. You know, just take every, take all the information and, even if it sounds crazy, you know, just file it back in the way, like, that could be possible. Yep, yep. I'm not going to say it's not, because I don't know. Yep. I, that's the way I try to think about things. Um, yeah, I think you and I, we, we don't want to ever consider ourselves experts mm. in this field. No. Because there is, it's so much is beyond even our understanding. Um, yeah, we've got a lot to learn, and yeah, let's just be open-minded, take it all in. Um, be aware, be safe, all of the above. Yeah. So, it, uh, it's something. It's a pretty crazy, crazy ride. Yeah. Uh, if we'd all get along a little bit more in the Bigfoot community and, you know, well, it, that too. you'd get a lot farther. You're exactly, we're too cruel to each other. You know, oh, that's a blurry picture. Though. Those ain't, ain't, those aren't footprints. Just be kinder mm -hmm. in the way you communicate your opinion. Um, yeah, you're not going to make it long on my site if you're too aggressive. Uh, we will have you blocked and deleted, and, uh, and that's the way it's going to be. Um, we want to, ex the number one thing we want to do with Bigfoots of Michigan, Bigfoots of America, is expand the knowledge of these creatures. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, just get all the information, all the data points. Let's paint a picture, let's connect them, and take it by case by case in a basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like innocent until proven guilty. I'm going to believe you until, if you, unless you tell me I'm a liar, I catch you in a lie. You know, there's no reason to say somebody's not credible. Exactly. Uh, especially if I don't know you. That's pretty, yeah. that's pretty not okay of me. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it's, it's odd the, the, um, the patterns of these, these creatures, um, I'd like to just touch on a few of them in case maybe people don't oh, for sure. people don't know, but uh, I actually just compiled a little list. I'll uh, I'll rattle a few of them off. Um, it's, I mean, all the the noises that I make, ranging from what they say is wood knocks, whether that be like we spoke earlier, manifested from their diaphragm or, or mouth, or if it's legitimate knocks on wood, um, the smashing of rocks, which seems to be a lot. Less, it doesn't occur as much, but it does still occur. Um, there's whooping and what they call samurai chatter, which just is, it just is mumbo jumbo crazy sound um, to to mimicking people's voices. People yeah. that have call their dog in. All of a sudden, they hear themselves call their dog, but their voice is coming from the forest. 
I mean, these things seem like they can mimic and throw their voice to match just about anything. Um, and it's, that's just the, the sounds that they make. Yeah. Uh, which are, are quite, quite advanced, you know, for, it's not just some, like the same sounds a dog can make. It's, it's way different. Um, you, do you have their, the smell that's associated, the rotten sulfuric, uh, wet dog skunk smell. Um, and I hear that could be a gland that they mm -hmm. choose to, you know, activate when they feel they need to. There are some people, which I'm not going to say the wrong or right, but some people think it's uh, maybe the residual uh, smell from when they uh, they jump or they go past through a portal. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because they just didn't shower in a while or haven't gotten gone near water through a, a river. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, but that's why it's nice to talk about this and bring up different possibilities and points of view because it might be from something nobody's really thought about because we're right. not thinking about it the right way. Um, but they, in every encounter, at least in Michigan, that I've heard, I've never heard of anyone being hit with a, a stick, rock, anything like that to the point where it hurt them. Like a pebble barely hit them in the chest. That's different, but I've never heard of anyone being hurt in Michigan, at least. Right. Um, which is very nice, <laughs> you know. If, if for me, that's what made me um, comfortable to go back in the woods and be be confident in myself is because I heard so many encounters from Michigan and just so many from across the the United States and the world, and nobody's really being hurt. It's just they're being intimidated and yeah. scared. Yeah, maybe just to get out of the area. Mm -hmm. I know when Aaron and I, I, you know, I know without a doubt that that rock flew over my left shoulder. Um, it, it didn't hit me, but I knew it was there and it was parallel to the ground. Um, it didn't fall from a tree. The velocity, you know, hit the branch. We, we've got part of it on video um, in that episode seven. And yeah, nobody to this day can tell me that, oh, that wasn't, no, they, it, if it was thrown by a Sasquatch, they have such aim. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely amazing. And then we had two more of those um, that flew over our heads. Um, yeah, it's really an amazing feat. Their physical capabilities. Yeah, and that's something that has reported thousands and thousands of times is how accurate they are at throwing rocks and sticks and such. Yeah. Um, not to say that one couldn't take your head off of the football-sized rock. Right. I mean, depending on how you are, what you're capable of, you know, how, what kind of creature you meet, if it's a good, bad, what mood it's in, anything's possible. But um, for the most part, it seems like, at least in Michigan and the Midwest, it's not uh, violent, physically right. violent, you know. Right. Um, there's a difference between getting a limb thrown over your head, you know, and being hit by one. Yeah. You know, it seems like if they want to hurt you, they will. Yeah. Uh, and they, they definitely can. Um, I'm going to go down my list of patterns here. Um, they also will do what I, they call a bluff charge, like, especially at night, um, where it'll like be running right at you. And then at the last second, just veer off. Wow. And it's like, you, all you feel is a rush of wind, you know? Um, but that is reported uh, quite a few times. Wow, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, um, there's people that have had it happen. They they claim, I'm not saying it's a fact, but this is secondhand knowledge from first-hand encounter. 
that they were so scared they were just frozen. Okay. And that's the only reason why they thought they made it is because they didn't make a move. They were just like, you do what you oh, you got to do and I'm just going to just stand here. Um, but that is that is not uncommon. Uh, it doesn't seem as common in Michigan. That's more where they're more aggressive. Okay. Um, which again seems to be in the, the hotter the climate and the colder the climate. The more extreme the weather is, the yeah. more agitated they get. Um, and camping my gosh do there seem to be a lot of encounters camping anything involving tents you know mm. um circling tents placing their hands on tents just basically hovering right over the tent just all kinds of odd activity a lot of circling the tents yeah um and then throwing little pebbles like into your in your camp area just odd you know like they want you to come out just yeah. to just they're toying with you almost. Yeah, I, I think too. Sometimes they want to get a good look at us as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they want to learn about us. They want to see different versions of us as well. I mean, there is a, a recent picture a guy got um, out the peak of his tent, and he's got two Sasquatch faces he caught on camera. I'll show them. Mm -hmm. I think I've got it. I'll show them to you. And both one to me looks more Native American. Where the other one looks more apish and scary, kind of like. Yeah, that's one thing in uh, um, a lot of the encounters in Alaska. They seem, seem to, uh, one, have like uh, grayish skin for the most part. Okay. Um, I'm talking the skin under the hair seems to be uh, like an ash gray color. Um, a lot of them with black eyes with like no white in the eye, just oh, all black. That's scary. Um, and they seem to have more human or like what he says uh native features like native american uh, yeah and i don't know i'm not gonna say more often than not but there seems to be quite a few cases in the more south you go where they seem to be more gorilla type okay. looking oh interesting um that's just in my findings i could you know my mine might be skewed but uh my info might be skewed but um that's what i've gathered yeah, that's that's like different breeds of dogs, mm -hmm. you know. So there's there's different kinds, different breeds of these things. Yeah, and if they're, I would say they had to have evolved quite differently from different geographical locations, from even just Florida to Washington. Yeah, that's you're gonna get a different product from one family to the other, you know. Right. Um, just physiological differences. Right. Uh, and that leads me to a couple other things. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'll talk on is the abilities that these things seem to have might just be some have certain abilities and some don't like uh like cloaking or being okay. able to to uh portal somewhere or maybe it's just a set of gifts that they get at a certain maturity you know like you get into puberty and your body changes things are different you know all of a sudden I can grow a mustache and my voice gets deeper and just your whole body changes. Good stuff, yeah. Um, Never thought about that. But just to, I just wanted to touch on a few things to get people thinking maybe outside of the the, the same circle we keep going in. You know, it's not all just just knocking on trees and whooping in the woods. You know, yeah. it's, there's, there's a lot of people that have put a lot of time into this that are much smarter than me that um, dedicate basically their life to this. Uh, like you don't have to spend all this time and 
this effort and this money um, to help people, but that's what you choose to do. And yeah, it's, I, love, and it's, I it's, love it. I'm a people person. So I love <laughs> I love getting the stories out. And it's it's I like seeing people um, succeed and get uh, the attention that they deserve when you're trying to help people. You yeah. Know? And there's so many people that are trying to help people that are getting kicked to the curb and they're getting called crazy for one reason or the other. And it's just nice that people can come on here and be heard by like-minded people that aren't necessarily going to call them crazy. Awesome. Right? I hope they wouldn't, at least. Awesome. Well, th well, thank you for those comments. And, yeah, we're so excited about 2024. Going to have you with us more at locations, interviewing eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I just hit it off. So I just really appreciate you as a person. You were the first person that contacted me when I kind of got on YouTube and started announcing that we were going to be doing something like this. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's been wonderful to get to know you and our relationship will continue. And yeah, I look forward to 2024 and beyond. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So uh, any last comments or anything? Are you good? Uh, no, uh, I'm, really, uh, I'm really just happy to uh, have the group of people that you have together, Aaron, um, you you seem like a really awesome guy. I can't wait to uh, to meet you in person, and I can't wait to see uh, what he has to say on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and uh, actually, we're going to bring every all of our eyewitnesses together for that campfire episode. So that's going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then the main goal of 2024 are the town hall meetings, and so we'll have some of our whatever eyewitnesses, you, Aaron. Whoever can show up and make it, you'll be able to get up at the podium before the microphone, give your eyewitness encounters, your stories, kind of as a primer to loosen up the audience. Mm -hmm. So if there's anyone in the audience who wants to come forward and give their story of how, what their encounter or their sighting was, they'll feel more comfortable to do that. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that. And honestly, that's the only reason why I ever watched uh, Finding Bigfoot was for the town halls. That was the most informative Bigfoot information that came out in the last 15 years before or after that. And, and I agree. It, yes, it's about Sasquatch, but it's equally about the people. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that has been lost in some of the shows that are out there. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much, gals. And uh, thank you at home for listening. And uh, stay tuned for more of Bigfoots of America.